Awakening the faithful, reaching the lost, and making church matter. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. If you love your parish, listen to this podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. I'm Kelly, your host, and I'm joined by Tom today, as usual. It's June, Tom. You're heading out for vacation soon. Are you still sharp this morning? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, getting ready. It's coming up. So June 7th to the 21st. Nice. Um, Two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. So I'm a big believer in that. Um, Just a big believer in getting away and totally disconnecting as much as possible so uh, totally actually totally you don't check an email or anything no never never nice that's That's nice of it so I like the two weeks I I mean I I heard you say before like by the time you get there and settle in yeah you're like it's Tuesday and then on Thursday you're starting to pack to leave right especially when you move like nine people seven kids it's (laughs) like so and the thing especially someone who works weekends it's like the weekends that second weekend, the weekends are like, and I, I have a Friday to Friday rental, so it's like that first, I have, you know, to have two nice. weekends, you'd be like, oh, yes. So, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, have a great a vacation. feel to that. So I guess I just announced to everybody when I'm away. So if you want to come rob my house, that's when you go. But Tom, <laughs> no. there's nothing really in it anyway, so it doesn't really your matter. Your dog and your dog sitter is yeah. going to be there, so. Nobody can rob your house. <laughs> He's <a> good watchdog. <laughs> if, hopefully, the, I guess. Anyway, there's nothing there. There's really nothing <laughs> there's there. Nothing of value I really, there. I mean, there's no. It's not. Go ahead. Go have for fun. it. Go have fun. I'll get some insurance money. So anyway, don't know why we went there, but I. Anyway. All right. Well, we have been talking about shaping a clear discipleship path over the last couple of podcasts. We talked about. Uh, the fact that nativity has established what we call our steps. And we talked about the first two steps. We talked about serving and we talked about tithing in our last two podcasts. Anything you want to add to those before we jump into the next one? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I think the first two are like the kind of lifeblood of the parish. I mean, you, you need money and you need people to get anything done. Mm. That just is absolutely. And then people, you know, we've said about all these is it builds us up people's faith up personally, uh, but also corporately. So mm-hmm. as a church, we need both. This next one, I think we're talking about, is surprisingly important, and we found in building up the life in the community of the church. Yeah, we've it's not done so some... much so obvious, right. but it's just we have found it's incredibly important. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Well, let's just. I re- suppress a burp there. Sorry about that. So yeah. anyway, I don't know. Anyway. That's okay. We we are let's let's just review sort of how we got here to our steps, right? Like, how are people going to if they don't have any any discipleship path in place, like any intentional one? How do we? How do they get there? I mean, I, I think again, there's bring a core team of people together, have mm-hmm. a conversation. The question I throw out, I throw out at a, at a yesterday at an event was. What are the practices, habits, disciplines that have made you a follower of Jesus Christ? And have a sustained conversation. And there's a lot of fruit that could come from having those kind of sustained conversations. You know, um, you know. Second, we said you can look at other places. Look at Saddleback. You know, the five purposes. Look at as our steps. Look at North Point has a great series called Five Five Things God Uses to Grow Your Faith. Um, you know, you can study some of those. And I think to go through that process is probably helpful. Then the third thing is just rip them off and send them a fruit basket, as we said. You yeah. know, <laughs> rip off a model and use it. Now, I, again, I think at some point you have to continue to understand the model and what it is and right how reflection. it works in your culture. Exactly, and you know, I think but for it's us, not like it's, they're a big secret. I mean, no, and I think they're all pretty similar. Yeah, and I think even when I say, you know, again, was speaking yesterday, I'm like the steps. You know, these things aren't anything you probably wouldn't discover on your own, right. but it does say some self reflection does help to drive. It. <laughs> so, right. 
drives into it. <laughs> right. And and you also have to find a way to um, sort of, well, we're gonna, we'll talk about that next, to brand them. And what like, what are you going to call each step? And that's important. I mean. And getting your language around it. Right. And, and all this is an iterative process. Like we don't, you don't do it one day and it's done. Right. It's an iterative process. The probably the biggest thing is to at some point say, these are the, start even just putting some of these things in practice. Right. And probably the serving and giving, you already have that. What we're talking about today, less places have. Um, but um, let's list our five steps out for the audience. Okay. Before cool. we go forward. All right. Do you want me to do that? You doing that? I can do it. <clears throat> go ahead. Let's see. If you can. Okay. <laughs> Step. So it's an acronym: serve, tithe, engage in a small group, practice prayer and sacraments, and share your faith. All right. Good. So those are the five steps, and it took us a long time to come up with the acronym. I mean, we knew what the yeah, we were what living the all these things were. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were already, we were doing them. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were already in our culture and what we were trying to tell people to do. We just branded them kind of in retrospect. Yes, great. So, um, so yeah, so j- the important thing is even though we say do this and have conversations about it, also just start doing them. Don't be like, right. it's not like we have a long conversation and we figure out what we're doing and then we start putting it in practice. Everything's kind of right on top of each other. Yeah, it's happening at, at the same time. You're building the you're you're flying the plane as you as you're right. building the plane as you fly. It, as right. You say, you know? We were just making it easier, easier, more simple to communicate exactly. those steps in a more clear way. And so today we're going to talk about our third step, which is engaging in a small group. So Tom, why does it matter to be in a small group? I mean, some people just don't. That's like not a cultural thing. Yeah. I mean, I found when I and, I, and that was my job to start out with small groups. I felt like. That was your first job here? That was my first job. But when I first started, sorry, my first job was youth ministry. But when I first started trying to get people in small groups, oh. the frustration I felt like there was a reference point for serving. You could say people mm-hmm. like serving schools and sports teams and sure, coaches. Sure. Yeah. There's a reference point. Volunteer, for that. right? Yeah. Giving, there's a reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. small group, what is that? You know, right. but it, it sounds too touchy feely. Yes. I don't like it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm just speaking on behalf of some other Timonium Tims, right? Yeah, no. Oh. So, it, but it matters for a lot of reasons we have come to find out. So what, are, what are some here, of those right? reasons? I mean, five. Well, we, we're influenced by people we spend time with. Mm. That peer mm-hmm. pressure isn't just a teenage thing. It's a human thing. Um, you know, there's different quotes out there. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's kind of scary. <laughs> I mean, I have good friends, but. Well, I, okay, well. Okay, that's all I'm going to say your friends, about that. Kelly. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you notice, like, just I'm around someone, and again, probably small groups are not around each other, but you pick up their mannerisms, you know, you pick yeah, up little sure. things you say, you know. Yeah, I recently of, went to uh, Atlanta to visit my old college roommate, and I hadn't spent a lot of time, I haven't spent a lot of time with her since college. We actually, like, lost touch for a while, and just being with her, I was just being myself, my normal Kelly self. And she said, you talk different than when I last talked to you. Right. you I can tell you're a Christian, is what she said to me. <laughs> that's interesting. It's very I interesting. I guess that's good, I guess. I don't know how she meant it, but... Well, I think I think she might have meant it yeah. both ways. Yeah. Negative and positive. Right, right, right. So... But I take it as a compliment. There you go. Um, I mean, and obviously we want Christianese. We want to really... But anyway. Yeah, I mean, just words like humble or grace, like just a couple of words maybe. Anyway, but that's definitely a a mannerism or, you know, words I've picked up just by being around people. Yeah, your culture and environment you're in. Yeah, and those are things I want. So I'm going to talk about them. Yeah. Um, So we say we're made for relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we don't just have a – we talk about God-shaped hole in Christianity all the time. Yeah. 
but I really think it's a people-shaped hole. There's a person-shaped hole that mm-hmm. um, we are meant for relationships. Genesis 2.18 says it's not good for the man to be alone. And we talk about that marriage, but that's also, I think, just it's not good for anyone to be alone or, or no. be lonely. That's not what God wants. Yeah. And um, so there's just a need um, for it. Third, so that that being the case, we need to leverage that for spiritual growth, and we see that in Romans 1, uh, 11 to 12. I will learn from your faith, and you will learn from mine. There's Paul. If there's anybody who was a super Christian, anybody who could have said, hey, I got it going. I don't need any relationships. Right. And what's Paul saying? Hey, I can't wait to come see you so I can learn from I your learn faith, from and you can you. learn from mine. And so are we learning from each other? We need a, an environment in which we're learning from other people's faith. Yeah. Um, and again, even me, I, you know, I talk about in small groups as far as, <clears throat> you know, I know more theology than anybody of the groups I'm in, but I'm learning from those guys all the time because I'm learning from their faith, which right. is different, right? And right. it's a different... It's different and, than theology. Right. You can give them the theology. They can give you some of the practical application, what they're doing in their lives. Right, and they're learning from the relationship. I, we have this kind of in our book, Rebuilt, and I never really... I don't think we quite captured it, but there's a great point C.S. Lewis talks about, I think, in The Four Loves on the chapter on friendship mm. and says... Philia? Philia, that, yeah. Friendship love, brotherly love. Um, And he talks about how the three, like if me, you, you know, me, you and Allison, you know, we went on the, like us hanging out together, there's something you draw out of Allison that I don't. And there's something Mm -hmm. I would draw out of Allison that you don't. And, you know, we had a fun time on that trip. You know, like, and there's something there, like, and if one of us leaves or Allison leaves, we can't draw that out of each other. Right. And I think... And he, again, CS, I think it's the same thing in my relationship with God. There's something you have an insight into God just that no one else, that has. No one else has, but I can learn from that. Hmm. So I, again, I love that there is, so that that's that kind of dynamic going on in small groups yeah. as well, that we just draw, each of us draw something or a perspective on God that no one else has and that relationship's unique and we can benefit from that. So anyway, it's a long way around that one. That's um, great though. You know, again, my own life, I think that all these steps I would say, and I don't know about you, but I'm like, I, I, I believe in these steps because I've seen it in my own life. Absolutely. And so for me, I've, I've seen small groups, but also just my relationships, my faith went to a whole nother level when I met my wife, Mia, you know, when we started dating. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was like the first person I had a friendship with that we talked about God and faith and all this kind of thing. So, yeah. so we got to leverage for spiritual growth. And the next one, number four, conversations lead to conversion. So we said we're influenced by people we'd spend time with. We're made for relationships. We want to leverage that for spiritual growth. And then conversations lead to conversion. The same etymology. Um, so say more about that. I, I mean, I, I just they come from the same root word, con- converse, conversation. Mm. Um I think Father Michael put that in the book, so I don't remember any more about it than that. But that is an interesting point, right? That the same route, yeah, we probably drive into that a little bit more. Um, You know, and conversation can help us make better decisions as we get other people's perspectives. um, Help us, again, on how to think, how a message applies to us. Yeah. um, I mean, I would say 90% of my growth in faith has come from having conversations hmm. with my small groups. Wow. Like you said, Mia kind of took your faith to a new level. Mine was definitely my first small group ever um, that took my faith to a whole new level. It was just so new to me to be talking to other people about God in a way that you're not ashamed or you're not embarrassed or anything. And I think that's what's amazing for people when they first step into it is, I mean, there is like, it is like they they rock it. Now, the hard thing is I think sometimes people leave after that because they have that kind I of initial know, high. You never get back. Well, you not you never get back to it, but yeah, the initial high. Yeah, you've gone, you've gone and taken such strides. Like, um, and 
that's a little bit the nervousness of small groups. You'd have people come and say, oh, it was an awesome experience, and they stopped doing it. You're like, okay, what happened? Right. And I think maybe, and I've talked about how we have to keep selling to people, like I might even have it in later in the notes, mm-hmm. like the way marketing to people saying, you need to keep doing this. Right. Um, and I think, but yeah, initially I think people have an awesome experience at it, and then because the feeling of it is not as the same, they think the growth is not the same. Right. But the reality is mm. you're still growing from being in those relationships. Right. That's a good point. We have, to, we, have to, we have to argue that more. We have to yeah, we do have to put that out. Figure there that out. Yeah. Okay. Well, finally, let's see. What's we got? One more here. So, influenced by people we spend time with, we're made for relationships. We can leverage uh, our small groups for spiritual growth, and conversations lead to conversion. And lastly, why does small group matter? And just as a way for us to provide care yeah. for each other. We've seen that over in big and ways. over and over again. Um, you know, it was funny. We were. At, I mean, it's not so funny, but. We were talking about small groups in Quebec City um, a little while ago, and um, we kept saying story after story of funerals or people in terrible situations mm-hmm. with their small group. And Michael's like, finally, Michael's like, well, you guys are going to think that just bad things happen in our parish <laughs> all the time, which of course they do. Just you have this many sure. people, yeah, there's life. just trouble in life. And so, but time after time, we've seen that people in small groups and small groups bringing the care that we could never do right. as a parish. So, um, because people need care every single day. Somebody needs care. And if you're in a small group, you could be getting that care. But our staff of, you know, 25 people can't provide care right. to if, individual people every day. Right. If you're going through a crisis and, and you're a member of a small group, you have nine or 10 people or seven or eight people to help you and chip in. Our staff can't possibly do that every day. So just the depth of care is so yeah. much more. Okay, great. Well, that's a great place to take a break. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about how to get started on a small group program. We'll be right back. The Rebuilt Field Guide will lead you and your leadership team through assessment and goal-setting exercises that will help you revitalize your church. The workbook offers practical steps that will bring your team together so that you can affect change in your parish. If you know your parish needs to change or want to introduce the principles of Rebuilt, but you don't know where to start, the Rebuilt Field Guide is the perfect resource. You can order the Field Guide from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at Ave Maria Press. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. Today we are talking about shaping a clear discipleship path by growing uh, a small group culture in your parish. And so we've talked about why small groups matter. Let's start there for the ones you just said something important. Oh, I think. go ahead. Well, a small group culture, right? Because I think we're not, a, and maybe we have this later, but we're not. We don't want to be a church with small groups, but a church of small groups. Or is that or I was yeah. that coming up later? Okay. That's great. No, it's next. Oh, That's that was awesome. B. Okay. Yeah, I, so, so I, I, I jumped the gun. I could I could have waited. <laughs> I'm so excited waited. about small groups. Okay. Um yeah, we just we're gonna let's talk a little bit about like how we can um set our parish up for success in 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 creating a small group program. So it's not just a program, it is a uh, culture. And so how do we how do we do that? How do we begin to create a culture of small groups? I mean, I think the first thing we have in here is, you know, you need a champion. Yeah. It seems kind of obvious, but... Um, you need someone that really believes in small yeah. groups and cares about it deeply. Yeah. Who is the point person? Either that is a staff person mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe the staff person who just will <clears throat> be the kind of liaison to the real champion who's a volunteer, but somebody who just believes in it and is going to help make it happen, um, who's going to raise it up as a value to the staff. So so many people will listen to, hopefully. Right. And then... Um, provide leadership to it. So I was saying from the beginning, that was one of my roles. Um, 
at the beginning of small groups, not my beginning of my time here, but when we were first getting it started, mm-hmm. I just championed it. And that's somewhat my role. I've been here. Whatever's new, I kind of champion. Yeah. You like to do that. Yeah. And then I like to hand it off to somebody to do yeah, the real work. Yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> the real work. But. <laughs> well, you're a visionary, Tom. That's, that's so anyway, you um, So even if you... Even if the champion right now is not going to hold on that forever, and of course that's a problem we sometimes have in sure. church world. People are given something forever, but just to champion it right now for and set aside a time. So if you, again, either don't have small groups at all, or you feel like they're undervalued in your community, like they're kind of happening, but it's mm-hmm. like two or three, and what's mm-hmm. going on with it? And right. we got it, but get the champion to start saying, "All right, I'm going to raise that up as a value and figure out how we drive this through the church and be, make it more value for the whole church." Okay, so you need your person, you need your champion, and then how do you create that culture? Right, so that's the second one we have there, is, which I jumped the gun on, but we want to create okay. a culture. Thanks, you. I appreciate the encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> create a culture in a, a parish of small groups, not just a small group program. Um, do you know what I mean by that? Or do we, is that, um, that probably makes some conversation right there. I'm always confused by the word culture and what it means. It's how we behave, right? It's, yeah. Um, it's it's just the stuff that's going on that we don't even think about anymore. And that's a good that's a good question. What is culture? I think that is a it's a ubiquitous ubiquitous word in some yeah. ways. Um, and yet it's you know we kind of talk about we have, I think good definition like that potent brew a mix of everything that's going on mm. um, in, in a in a in a setting. Um, so, but I, I think when we say a culture of small groups, it's just like the language. If is the language in there? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. If like small groups, people are like, what is a small group? Okay, you don't have a culture of small groups, oh, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think just put it, putting it in the steps, and we have that as one of the high mm-hmm. things we we hold up there. That goes back to branding and why that's important, right? Um, Do you direct people to small groups during yeah. a message series or during a message if you're talking about you know needing care or something like that? Right. Do you spend time like when you have meetings? All right, we want to break into a group and just it's trying. It's just that it becomes part of your whole church structure and church organization. Mm. And to be, I mean, a church with small groups versus church of, again, church with small groups, it's just a program. It's it's a program we do over here. I guess it's a kind of mindset, too, difference. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, small groups is a program we do over here for some people who want to do that versus our mindset is we want everybody in a small Mm. group. Now, are you going to get everybody in a small group? Probably not. But that's the the difference. That can be our hope still. Yeah, that can be our goal. And that should start, again, ideally, again, there's a champion who's holding that up as a value, Mm -hmm. but then... Hopefully the pastor eventually is going to say, I believe in this. I will be in a small group mm-hmm. and we'll actually live it out. But yeah. um, Father Michael's in a small group. He's in a small group. Yeah. So again, I just say staff on down. And I, I know sometimes we have some staff that are not in groups and sometimes not. Yeah. But yeah. I know there's people I've chatted challenge from time to time. But I think it's enough that everyone knows they're kind of supposed to mean it and they probably feel guilty if they're not. So that's yes. good. We want to feel guilty. Yes. No. We're not trying to leverage guilt. But, um, <laughs> you know, that... This is what's expected of me in this in this church. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's it's part of the culture. There's probably more to say on that. It's what but people do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll come back to that. I wish I had time. a t- tighter definition of that, but those are my thoughts on that. No, that's okay. I think that's good. Um, just including it in everything that you're thinking about rather than being a offshoot program that some people do. I think that's that's helpful. So how do we get people into small groups? And I think here's another thing then. How do you create the culture? You ask them to join or you have a season of time when... We, we take one or two weekends a year, every mm-hmm. year, where we say, this is your weekend to get into a small group. So, yeah. um, again, and if you're just starting out, you might not want to ask the whole parish at that point. You might right. want to be beta testing. But if, eventually, 
if the drive into your culture, you have a weekend of the year. We say, we want everybody in a small group. This is your chance to get Did on board. Did we beta test? Yeah. So, I mean, when we started out, I mean, we, we, it's funny. When we started doing small groups, we had no idea what we we're doing. <laughs> um, and as my wife said, we were just slavishly aping Saddleback Church. And <laughs> I mean, every church we looked at, though, and this is one of those best practices, though, every church we looked at that was a growing, healthy church had small groups. Had lots of small groups. So yeah. that's where you're like, okay, there must be something about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Not so quite we, sure what it was, but yeah. there must be something about it. Yeah, this. we didn't understand the why behind the what. We just started doing it. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we beta tested like three small groups. Um, it was me. Uh, I don't know. I mean, just oh, the name of some, three some families. Yeah, it was that's me. Great. And in one group, it was three couples. It was uh-huh. me and I, the Paranzinos, and the Federlines. So families that are still around here. Um, and we, we didn't have any, we just kind of looked at the readings. It was sort of like, Mm -hmm. it was just started. And then from there we launched into 40 days of purpose the following year. We went from like zero to 60. We went from like three groups to, um, like a hundred groups. Yeah. That was my first experience in small group. So I don't know if I I even recommend doing that. Well, yeah, that's, that's an interesting, that was an interesting little project. We, we don't have that down here to talk about, but let's just take a minute on that. When you give the parish a book and do a push like that. You're going to get people, but you're saying we might not have been ready for it. No, I think it is what we did. It, it, it was what it was, but I even tell parishes now and, and, you know, I would say give yourself about a year, you know, if you could get 10, 20, 30 people in it, do three groups yeah, and then give yourself about a year and everybody understands that the point of this is eventually to launch in and we're going to start new groups and then you could go to the parish. Um, that's kind of the way I recommend it, even though it's yeah. not the way we did it. We mm-hmm. kind of, did it and then just had to figure it. I don't know. And, and then I guess, again, yeah, it worked out. So it out. Yeah. We figured it out. But it seems like a little bit more disciplined approach to it than what we had. Yeah. Um, so, again, we, we have a spring and a fall launch. Again, in the, it's going to be preached from the pulpit. That's another way you drive it into the mm-hmm. culture. Another way of driving the culture, too, is just a little bit of dropping that in, right? Yeah. I was in my small group. And mm-hmm. um, in fact, we haven't probably done that enough with small groups recently. Yeah. Um, but when we were first starting out, like, I would we were doing a message we would like you know working with father michael on it. we'd look for any opportunity to, and that, to put in a story in. about a small group and that was a thing like i was the champion of it so like it right. was in my mind and right. i'm working with him on it so i'm like let's drop that in here let's drop that in here mm. now i drop in stuff about money because i'm always thinking about money so you know <laughs> you know it's whatever, whatever god is telling you yeah Tom. yeah yeah <laughs> so god is directing um you. but you know share those stories again of how people when you ask people to join to share stories of how people have been helped by groups um, and, and care for them or find, you know, either find a story from your own parish, which would be best, but if not, find other stories. So, yeah. um, okay. So this, this next one, the next system or structure to put into place for making small groups successful is something that we talk about a lot here. We need to make it accessible. Yeah. So we make it accessible. You know, I think that's a great thing about groups is it can be very easily accessible by time. You know, we don't meet that at the church. Right. So one of the ways to make it accessible is put in people's homes, mm-hmm. which people will do. I think people are like, well, people won't do They will. I, I, at least we've found they will. Yeah. Um, so if it meets in people's homes at all different times of the week, groups can be naturally very accessible mm-hmm. because of that. Now, it also means when someone joins a group, we need to make sure our leaders are really reaching out and there's a system in place right. where people can sign up and yeah. then the leaders actually respond to the people that are interested in the groups. But um, it can be really accessible because it can happen any time of the week. No ways to, to beta test it too, or to just make it a small commitment like at event or Lent. Um, yeah, that's, that seems to have worked well for us when we have the, the sh- short-term groups. We did a just for 10, one year, just for 10 weeks, 
And a lot of those groups, I think, turned into permanent groups. Yeah, and that's what we do. Yeah, and we, we try to, like, towards the end of that experiment or small group of time, say, mm-hmm. okay, are you ready? Right. Ready to join and go from here. Great. Uh, then we have next one is, so make it accessible. Uh, set them up for success. Um, you know, I, I think for that, we just want to ensure we have, there's two ways we really control groups. I mean, groups out, out, out of everything we do, we can control mass, so to you know, we right. can control environment. You know, they're they're messier. Yeah, they're off campus. They're, yeah. yeah, they're on their own. So the best way we do that is by one, the having training leaders, mm-hmm. um, investing in leaders, and then the curriculum is important. That's that's the two things we can really control or at least have impact over, right. influence over. So, and we what do you mean anything. when you say curriculum? Talk about that. No, we don't control anything. We don't control but. anything. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, by curriculum, it's like, what are we going to watch? What are you going to do? And for us, it's videos. We, cr- we create our own videos here and do our own small group questions. You know, for leaders, the number one question they have is, what is the video curriculum I'm going to do? Right. Uh, what are we going to talk about? What are you going to provide for me to help so, me lead this conversation? So that can get more complicated. I mean, I think, I mean, a lot of other churches I know don't really, they just kind of give you ideas for curriculum. They don't all do the same thing. Oh, wow. I mean, we just hmm. give it to you. We just say... And so if you're part of our RPA, you can just join and get that information. Right. Watch this 15-minute video and then yeah. go through the discussion questions. I think you can even just go to our website and rip it off by that way, too, oh. if you're, you're tracking with our series. So, <laughs> you know, so anyway, you can go, you can have access to our videos if, if that's something that's going to be helpful for you to get you off the ground. So, um, so that's to kind of set them up for success. Um, okay. And finally, we need to celebrate when people join groups or at the end of one of those short term, like the Advent or Lent small groups, we need to celebrate those. What are some ways to do that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just things we've done is, you know, uh, if we've done a small group launch weekend, the following weekend, we say, Hey, thanks to the, so many people that joined a small group. Right. And you give a number and people are excited about that. I mean, I think if you're the champion and, and, and putting in processes, you need an email out to those people, like the day they, the day after they signed up, Mm -hmm. say, thank you so much for joining. We're so excited keep sending, get, create a, a kind of communication plan to them to say, to keep, Hey, you're, you're on track. Right. Great, great job. We're so glad you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, keep in contact with small group leaders to know if, are they showing up? You know, that can be harder to know everybody, but as right. best you can, yeah. um, be checking, ba- checking base with those leaders saying, Hey, you have new people. How are they working out? Um, if you see anybody, you know, it's joining the group again, celebrate that. And I have the, you know, the analogy of a car commercial. So when we were first were doing groups, and again, I kept finding people that would have a good group experience, mm-hmm. and then and they'd not stop. Come back. Yeah. And I, I had just bought a new car, like or a new used car at that point. And for some reason, I was feeling bad about buying my car. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, the buyer's remorse. Yep. People have that. And I read an article right around that time that car companies do commercials not just for new customers, but to make uh, the people that just bought the car feel better feel about, about the car because they have buyer's remorse and hopefully they've spent a lot of money. They spent so, a lot of money. So yeah. hopefully it makes them feel better about the brand and they'll buy that car in the future as well. So tricky. And so I thought, well, that's kind of what we need to do with small groups is that mm. people almost have a buyer's remorse in the sense that like, I'm not a small group person. Yeah. I don't have a churchy church person that goes to small groups. This isn't necessarily who I am. Yeah. And and this is something just learning too about like, um, people make decisions, not just based on consequences, but based on their identity and based on the sense of like, what would a person like me do in this situation? And people are getting in small groups. Their identity is not yet 
probably someone, hey, this is what I would do. Like, okay. it's still like, is this really who I am? Yeah. Am I really a small group person? Yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone that I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have to keep giving them that identity and making them feel mm. about this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're doing a good job and you're somebody, you know, and even saying like, you're somebody who grows in your faith. You're somebody who takes your faith seriously. Or even like even backing up from that, because maybe that's even what... You're a person who likes to grow and get better as a person, as right. a husband, a father, a mother, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, mm. a, a wife. Since you are that, that's why you're doing this. Right. Oh, okay. That's who I am. I'll keep going. So hmm. just the idea, the celebration of movement, I think, and kind of have that in all my talks about how we help people. It's, and as somebody who's not like an encourager naturally, as someone who's just like, go, just go do it. Suck right. it up. <laughs> and that's my, that's my mentality, unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of times. I've had to come to learn, no, you really got to celebrate that Yeah. if you're going to keep people in it. Otherwise, you're going to make gains and then you're going to lose, you know, and there's always going to be some attrition, but sure. You're gonna, but if you don't celebrate the movement, you're going to have a lot more attrition than if you don't. Great. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be back to wrap this up. The Rebuilt Parish Association provides resources and advice to help you rebuild your parish. Included in membership are resources for student programs, children's programs, and small group materials. Also included are homilies, so that you can easily do message series that match the liturgical year. Father Brian Mason from St. Mary's Parish in Hales Corner, Wisconsin states, We based our homilies over several weeks on the Expect Miracles message series, and never in 23 years of preaching have I had so many people talking about the effects the homilies had on their lives. Go to RebuiltParishAssociation.com to learn more about how the Rebuilt Parish Association can give you the resources and content you need to rebuild your parish. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today on the Rebuilt Podcast, we have been talking about shaping a clear discipleship path by engaging in a small group. And so Tom was just uh, telling us about five ways that we can support a small group culture in our parish. And so we're just going to wrap up today with um, what's what's next? What do we do now? Again, so if you have a champion, if you don't have a champion yet, you just got to start there. Get someone who's going to be in charge of it. Um, you know, and then that champion can help to beta test if there's not a group, right? If there's not groups going on right now, find 10, 20, 30 people to do, to be in a small group and beta test it. Mm-hmm. Um, give that some time and then eventually launch a churchwide campaign in which everybody can get on board. Or you give everybody an opportunity to, to get on board. Up. And when you, and by the way, we have done these launches with like, um, clipboards and a oh, list, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Like oh, it, yeah. it can be pretty simple. The to first do. time we, when we did 40 days of purpose, that first time and had like a thousand people, there's a guy RB wow. who helped with us. He's like, we are signing people up for the same way they did this in Jesus's time. <laughs> <laughs> Writing their names on a <laughs> yeah, scroll. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you can, yeah, there's a whole, it can be that simple. Yeah. I mean, that, it, it's, it takes a, hard, a lot of hard work, but it can be that it does. simple. It takes some hard of, work on the back end. Yeah, but. getting cards and saying, here's when people are available. And yeah. get those leaders in the times and let people go out and sign up. Right. Fill out the time. So, yeah. um, I think we'd never, I don't know if we've still cracked the code on what the right best way no, is. No, we, we still don't know exactly the best way to do it. Um, people do like to come out and sign their name and see a clipboard yeah. that says Wednesday, 7 p.m. Yes. Women's group. And yeah. then they, they like to, they do like to see that. And we've had, you know, group leaders be out there so you can like at least meet the person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and we've tried like group launches. We found the best thing just happens after a mass. That after mass, yeah. We used to have events. Like, and I know like North Point has a big event and we just have found that doesn't work for us as well yeah. as. 
right. come right out and sign up. Yes. Mass. So anyway, that, but launch that churchwide campaign. And mm-hmm. then are you supporting leaders? Choose curriculum. So if you if you need to do that, and I, these are a little bit broad strokes. Um, if you have more questions about this, you can connect with Susan Aldridge, who's our director of small groups yeah. here. She can give you more information. But mm-hmm. I need you know just need to plan to support leaders and train leaders in the beginning. And then the curriculum is such a big thing. Um, figure out the curriculum for leaders, and they will love you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and just keep celebrating, celebrating the movement. So great. Uh, All right. Broad strokes, but if you have, again, if you have questions, talk to Susan yes. Aldridge, who is our director of small groups. I got an email from somebody who listened to the podcast and and said, "I have a question for you." And you said, "I could email you." And okay. So I'm I'm responding. Yeah, to and it'd, be, it'd be great, great actually. If people email and questions. Um, yeah. We love the response. Happy to answer. Yeah. So what what where should they send them to you, Kelly? I'm going to have them send them to you. Okay, Lippenholtz at churchnativity.com. I'll take them. All right. K. <laughs> Can you spell Send me that? questions. <laughs> so spell it. Okay. K-L-I-P-P-E-N-H-O-L-Z right. at churchnativity.com. Oh, it's on a, the website, too. That's an easy name. <laughs> that's such an easy <laughs> Yours is as hard as mine. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's crazy. All right. Let me pray for us as we wrap up today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time. We are grateful for your word about uh, being in community. God, thank you that you created us to be together. And I pray for all of our, um, all the people in small groups, pray for parishes, um, trying to create a small group culture, God, that you would just bless them and keep them. Thank you that you are with us and that you are for us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.